Welcome to EMG Transformations with Dan Stoll. Each episode will empower you to ignite your inner fire and provide methods to maximize your mental and physical performance. You never know how one valuable insight can make such a big impact. Please leave a five-star review if this episode leaves a positive impact on you. And don't be shy to screenshot and share episodes on social media that you find helpful so we can spread the message and make the world a better place. You never know who may need to hear and the impact it has on them too. We're only scratching the surface. There's so much more to learn. Subscribe and stick around to manage stress, improve your health, and create lasting lifestyle changes. Buckle up and get ready to spark your transformation with Nova Fusion. Welcome to EMG Transformations. Today we have an elite treat with Dr. Tyler Pansner. Dr. Tyler is a PhD scientist turned holistic genetic health coach with a unique perspective on human health and disease. I love how he challenges traditional ideas and paves the way on how to optimize health with concrete data to back his results. Dr. Tyler is carving out his own space with his approach on health as he's laying down the foundation to change humanity. It's truly an honor to have this conversation today, and I'm fascinated by his work and view him as a pioneer in the genetic health optimization field. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to chat. Yeah, man. And I'm just looking forward to picking your brain. Honestly, like I said, I have so many questions for you. And, you know, I just want to have like an impactful conversation with tons of value. So Mm -hmm. To get started, before we dive into the science of everything, I'd love to share a little bit about yourself and on the road to becoming who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been really into science. Um, I initially wanted to be work with animals like Steve Irwin, you know, crocodile hunter. I had lizards growing up, always interested me. Um and I got into the cells high school, high school uh, biology class. We learned about cells and just the fact that there's this little mini city of like all these millions of little components, a whole world inside of each one of our cells that dictate how your cell behaves and functions, which is so fascinating to me. I was always asking my teachers why or how over and over and over again until eventually it's like, Tyler, this is. This is 11th grade biology class, you know, like we, we don't need to go that deep, but I always were interested with knowing how these things work. Why do the cells do this? Why do the cells do that? So I did my undergrad in cellular and molecular biology. Um, I didn't want to be a medical doctor. I didn't like the idea of people bitching at me for giving them their medications, dealing with a bunch of super sick people. Um, got really interested in supplements, was making my own pre-workout powders years ago, like flipping them out of little Ziploc bags. I remember it looked kind of sketchy on the college campus, little bags of powder, but swear to God, it was all a pre-workout powder. I got people, you know, jacked up for the gym and everything. Um, and just really loved how if I wanted more energy, you could have caffeine. You know, I do like caffeine, but there's also a lot of other supplements you could take to enhance your mood, to help calm you down. And 
you could kind of manipulate your cells how you want them to. Um, and I was thinking about doing pharmacy school. Um, again, I didn't like the idea of people bitching at me to give them their medications. Like I'm picturing CVS seems like a nightmare to me personally. And I ended up doing a PhD in pharmacology, which a lot of people confuse pharmacology and pharmacy. Pharmacy is more so you learn how to take the current information and how to apply it. So, um, you know, which types of medications can you not mix? Um, you know, what dosages people should get a PhD in pharmacology. They're the people that are doing the research, making the new discoveries. So finding out new things and innovating. Um, I've always been highly creative. Um, so did that PhD studied all different cell types in the brain, um, pharmacology, how things affect cells. So, um, I did my thesis work in breast cancer, metastasis, inflammation, um, just learning inflammation affects so many different diseases. I wanted to get some experience with that. I was given mice, you know, cancer, dissecting the tumors. I was the guy in the lab coat with the pipette, you know, with the microscopes and everything, but I didn't really like the idea of just making another chemotherapy drug. That's what I was trained to do. And 23 and me was a thing. You send in a spit sample, get your genetics done. I got that done and it wasn't very useful to me. The reports weren't very impactful. I remember looking in the raw data, like the matrix code, like searching in there and finding out um, a lot of my mutations make me prone to anxiety, make me prone to brain fog, uh, make me have sleep issues. And I was able to figure out if you can't make a certain nutrient as well in your body, take that supplement and it'll work very, very well for you. And I've helped, I fixed a lot of my chronic health issues. And I was like, wow, this stuff is really, uh, really working really well, rather than the supplement industry, just trying random things based on what, you know, some shirtless guy flexing his bicep or something to try this supplement. We can really use data to drive what our bodies truly need. Um, a lot of people get discouraged from supplements. They don't really feel much. I'm going on the record saying that's because those supplements, your body doesn't actually need those. So it's pretty much a waste of money there. And I went and joined a personalized genetics company as an analyst. So looking at Excel sheets, but they were looking to see if you have cancer, let's sequence the cancer cell, figure out what the DNA says and figure out the right chemotherapy drug or immunotherapy drug for you. I was just thinking that's, that's ass backwards. Let's sequence our healthy cells, figure out what the weak points are so they can be healthier today and be at less risk for diseases in the future. So Last January, I started my holistic genetic health solutions company and basically doing just that. So looking at people's DNA, sort of like a 23andMe, but much, much more in depth. And I always work one-on-one -on -one with my clients. That's pretty much all I'm doing right now. But you can't just say, here's your printout, take these things. We need to have a conversation and figure out what your day-to-day -day is like. I'm not going to, maybe I'll give you 30 supplement recommendations, but no one should be on 10 15, 20, 30 different supplements, 10, maybe I'll use for people, but I'm a big fan of individual ingredients. A lot of people will take it in a, a supplement with 15 ingredients. They have no idea what's doing what so many people, Dan are taking the wrong supplements or foods and they think they're doing the right thing, but it's preventing them from feeling their best because again, it's random guessing. Everyone makes fun of doctors for being blindfolded, throwing darts at a dartboard, guessing what medication you need. But even in the holistic space, you know, they'll, they'll think, oh, you're anxious, give you a calming supplement. 
but what exact step in your cells is making you so anxious? So even that, it's a step in the right direction. But again, it's a lot of guesswork, wasted time, wasted money, and even worse, wasted time not feeling as good as you can. So now I'm on a mission to educate people. You could figure out what mutations dictate what foods and natural nutrients you need. And from my experience, I've worked so many people off of prescription medications that they didn't even need because they're guessing what they need onto natural solutions that match their unique biology. Wow. And that's the thing I love about you is how pinpointed you are with getting results for a specific person because every body is different. And that's something I learned with Crohn's disease that something that can be great for me and help me heal on my journey and that agrees with me can be someone else's poison. So to advocate that, that can be a hard thing. But again, we're all different. And so that's what you really get clear on is like, okay, what is your DNA? What's your unique genetic code? What are your mutations, even something that you talk about? And then how can we, you know, create the plan that's unique for you to get you on the right track? And, you know, something that I find fascinating is how like our DNA and uh, blood types even can affect the foods we eat. So I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned Crohn's disease, and I have worked with many clients with Crohn's disease, IBS, IBD, ulcerative colitis. And at the end of the day, it's all just gut irritation, you know, gut inflammation. Um, And now, so when you eat foods, there's certain chemicals in foods. We're not talking about pesticides. We're talking about naturally occurring chemicals that are normally in the food. So even if it's organic, they're supposed to be in the foods. But your cells can have mutations that make you not break it down as well. So too much of anything in your body, even if it's from like an organic tomato, like I cannot have tomatoes. They're very high in something called histamine, high gut histamine in your gut. It's been linked to all those different gut issues. So when I see someone that can't break down that histamine very well, or some people you have mutations that make you more prone to gluten sensitivity. So higher inflammatory response to gluten, um, you know, the list goes on. There's probably, I'd say at least six to eight different types of chemicals and foods or food types that you could use genetics to figure out if you should avoid them or not. But I like to be very careful with that because last thing I want to do is tell people avoid a whole crap ton of foods. Then they're even more scared. They're more stressed. There's enough fear and anxiety in the health space. So, Rather than just saying eliminate all of these or try this for two months, then try that for two months, we can use the data to say you should be avoiding foods that are high in histamine. Main things I saw call, I see cause issue for people, tomatoes, apple cider vinegar, coffee, a lot of these things that, you know, they're not toxic for your cells, but for my cells personally, I can't break down the histamine in there as well. So that accumulates in my gut. I absorb it in my gut. It goes into my bloodstream. I can't break it down as well in my brain. I personally get brain fog, anxiety, very like blah, just don't really feel like doing much, but I still can't sleep at night. Um, Some people, they can't break it down in their gut as well, a different type of mutation. Those people usually can have more gut issues. And now are there studies showing this exact mutation is linked to these diseases, not always, but if you read between the lines, it's been shown that high histamine in the gut is linked to all those gut ailments I mentioned, gut diseases. This mutation raises gut histamine. So it's like, it's almost like if A causes B and B causes C, 
And if all I'm doing is recommending natural supplements you could get on your own anyways, I don't, I don't have time. I don't need to wait for them to prove A causes C because realistically, are they really going to care to fund a study to see if a natural over-the-counter supplement will like, they're not going to run a clinical trial on that. There's no incentive. So a lot of people think as if just because there's no data proving something directly, that means it doesn't help. In reality, most of the time, it just means it hasn't been studied. Science is very expensive to fund. Studies take a long time to run. So they're going to make sure they're going to get a result that's going to benefit some of these people in some way. Um, high sulfur foods I see are a big problem for people. A lot of people say they can't have eggs. It's not actually an egg allergy. It might be the sulfur in the eggs causing a problem. You could take a certain nutrient. Molybdenum is something that helps you break down the sulfur. But we see this based on the genetics. Oh, this person's very sulfur sensitive, a little histamine sensitive, and a little bit of gluten issues. So looking at the diet there, but there's also a lot of supplements that can have this. So basically, you know, not what makes sense for you, but what you should be avoiding. I don't really see genetic companies focusing on what you should be avoiding. That's why I call what I do hyper-personalized. It's not just, here's your printout for this mutation, take this supplement. We better cross-reference everything that's doing to make sure it's, it may be helping one thing, but if it makes something else worse, then that doesn't make sense for you. Even though for that one mutation, it makes sense on paper. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to try like one thing at a time, because if you try like five, 10 things at a time, you're not going to know what's working. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially if, you know, I usually start clients on maybe, you know, eight or so things, but they're spread out throughout the day. But again, I'm able to do that. And 99% of the time there's no issues because I am, you know, I'm in the weeds cross-referencing this, but I got to tell you, Tan, literally so many people that come to me, They've seen conventional medicine doctors or even holistic practitioners. Some of these practitioners have a very, very large following. They have very successful practices. I see them, they're not using genetics. So I see them being put on supplements that are making them worse. So if you're on 10 things, five of them make sense for you. Three of them are okay. Two of them are clashing within your body, even though it may be fixing a certain ailment, it could be doing something else wrong. That may be preventing you from feeling the improvements that you should be feeling. If you have eight pointing one way, two pointing the other way, it's going to make it harder to feel those improvements. And this is why I'm on a mission to educate because there is no training required to recommend supplements. It's a problem I have in the industry. Doctors have to go to school for 10 years to prescribe medications. Anyone or their mother or whoever or your cousin could go ahead and start a holistic health practice and um, recommend supplements, no restrictions whatsoever, which to me, I see them harm people so often. I think that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, something that you said earlier about the clinical trials and not having that data that I was smiling during that, because that's a conversation that I have with my doctor and yep. it's actually frustrating because Very. I'll come up with something that, you know, like propolis, that was the last thing the bee pollen. Bee propolis. Yep. Yeah. And so like, that was my, 
I was like just suggesting it to her. Like, this is something that I'm trying out. It might be helpful. She doesn't have the data. There's no data. So she can't recommend it. And she's actually yeah. saying I should avoid it. But then we look and the data is telling me that, and I didn't know this, we were just doing our research that it's actually beneficial for the, the gut lining and the mucus lining in your gut to develop that. And if you have Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, that gut lining is deteriorating. So we need yeah. that. And so I'm like, wait a minute, we just confirmed that this might do that, but you're still telling me, no, don't take it because the clinical studies aren't enough and there's not enough funding. So I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, that's the issue, especially when you have a medical doctor versus a PhD scientist, like the medical doctors, they get given protocols and workflows to do after things have been verified for years and decades. So it takes a very long time for something new to go through all that testing. And again, they may not test a lot of these natural things because we know who runs the world, these pharmaceutical companies. Um, and, you know, that being said, you know, big pharma is super shady. A lot of us know it. We do need them because we'd be dying from scraped knees and stuff, you know, from little infections. So, you know, I'm anti-pharma, but I, I was a product of that, but I left there. But that being said, guys, we do need them. They do save lives. They do mess a lot of lives up. And my main mission for that is, you know, the pharmaceuticals are grossly overutilized right out the gate. Um, you know, we don't need those right out of the gate. But like you said, with the B propolis, yeah, they're not, they're not, they don't have, these doctors don't have time to read new emerging studies. Like I'm the type of guy, if I see B propolis, they give it to mice, dissect out their gut lining and study it. And it helps fortify the gut lining. I have no problem recommending that to a client. You know, it's already available. It's already proven to be like safe. Like it's not going to like harm you right away. You know, maybe who knows? Maybe you get a little nausea from it. Maybe it's not for you, but you know what? You wasted 30 bucks and you're a little nauseous for a day. That's, that's why I love using all natural over the counter things because there's really not as much risk there. You know, the genes really point to things very, very accurately, but once in a while, all the genes will point to a supplement. They try it. They don't feel good on it. And then they have all these other options. I call them tools in the toolkit that they could try other things to mess around with. But yeah, man, super, super frustrating that, you know, you could do a half hour Google search and figure out if a supplement can work for something. They'll even have some human studies, but it's not a huge randomized controlled clinical trial. So to these doctors, it doesn't work. They can't speak on it because there's not a lot of critical thinking there. Medical doctors aren't really trained to have critical thinking. That's what PhDs have. That's why PhDs are the ones in the trenches, making the discoveries, making these innovations. Okay, this works. Then they pass it off to medical doctors to run clinical trial to see if it works for somebody. But that's why I love being on the bleeding edge of the creativity and driving that innovation. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. Like in the intro, like you are really changing humanity and how we're going to think about health going into the future. So I want to congratulate you and like kudos you. to you for that, because it's a big job. Like I know that yeah. is. And, but like, it's something that you're passionate about. It's something that you have like extreme knowledge about. And like, I can't think of another person to take on this type of mission with all of that you're doing. So I love that. And I love this conversation so far. And I'd love to you know, continue on that gut health, because as you know, it's so important to the overall health. And mm -hmm. you've talked about how it's um, those irritations. And I've always think of it as like the imbalances too, between that bacteria. So 
I'm curious, like, do you have any tips to restore and replenish a healthy gut? Yeah. So, um, you definitely want to make sure you're limiting stress, not consuming a lot of alcohol. Those are kind of basics. A lot of people know, um, I do think eating fiber makes a lot of sense for most people. I know some people, you know, big now is the carnivore diet. Um, you know, I, I do, I think a balanced diet works the majority of the time for the majority of people. Obviously, as I mentioned, there might be certain like high sulfur foods maybe you want to avoid, but I do think people can have mutations so they can't tolerate plants as well. Um, if you do, you know, then you may want to limit them, but if you could tolerate plants, they have so many beneficial phytonutrients and fiber. Um, that's super, super important. You want to nourish the insoluble fiber, those bacteria in the gut microbiome, they make something called short chain fatty acids. And that actually feeds your immune cells, um, immune cells that can prevent autoimmunity. And that's very, very rampant. Autoimmunity is on the rise and, a lot of people too will talk about, you know, the apple cider vinegar um, that does, or even fermented things like kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut. Do they help with gut microbes? Yes. But as I mentioned, those are all very high in histamine. So for me or some of my clients that are histamine sensitive, they're like, oh, I start my morning off with apple cider vinegar and uh, coffee. And then I have kombucha for lunch. And then I'm like, we got to remove those two weeks after removing them or even days after removing those. They're like, oh my God, I feel so much better. They do have beneficial effects on the gut microbes, microbiome. But again, think about, you know, it helps with one thing, but what's the cost of that for all that histamine? If you can't break that down, you may want to steer clear of those. Um, or you could take a supplement to help you break down that histamine. But that just kind of goes, if someone isn't histamine sensitive, then I definitely recommend those. It depends on the uh, individual. Um, and you want to be getting this fiber in and making sure that you're eating, not overly stressed. You want to be eating enough. A lot of people, intermittent fasting can be beneficial, but I don't think people should be fasting every single day, extended periods of time, especially for women. Um and I do like probiotic supplements. However, I think, again, certain probiotics can have a lot of histamine in them. So there's this uh, probiotic I like. It's called the uh, Biome Breakthrough from this website, Bioptimizers. Um, I have all my clients take that for two to three months. It has antibodies that pull out bad bacteria that make histamine in your gut, like a magnet. And it gives you bacteria that help you break down histamine. A lot of people just want to put more good bacteria, but we got to kind of weed the garden before we get the flowers can grow. There needs to be enough room in there. Um, the website's bioptimizers.com. I have a code, Dr. Pans, D-R-P-A-N-Z. If anyone wants to grab that, that's helped for everything from brain fog. It pretty much cured my seasonal allergies, like 90, 98%, I would say. Um, bloating, um, even joint issues. Because again, as I mentioned, that histamine in your gut you can absorb that into your bloodstream. And then depending on the person, some people get skin issues from histamine. Some get joint issues. Some get neurological issues. Some people, it's the gut issues there. So it kind of depends on the individual. But that's something I really like as well. You know, unless you're on your own island, growing your own cattle, you know, all off the grid, that gut dysbiosis, the wrong microbiome balance, it's pretty much certain, you know, even if you think, you eat a healthy diet, you limit your stress, 
I like to take that for two months, twice a year, just to kind of clear things out a bit. Um, it's just really an uphill battle between the artificial light. And even if people don't think they're that stressed, we're still under more, even a low stress person today is still under more stress, more consistently than we were evolved to be under. Just because you're not pulling your hair out, having anxiety attacks every day. You know, we evolved to fight off a saber tooth tiger, defend our family, and then literally just lounge around and forage berries and stuff. You know, there wasn't really, or if you're going hunting, that was the only time you really would have that huge spike. So even those seemingly low levels of stress nowadays are still higher than we evolved to deal with. When you're stressed, the fight or flight goes off. Your body puts nutrients towards your, your pupils dilate so you can see things better. You get more blood flow to your muscles. So you could fight off whatever threat you're scared about. Your body is not worried about digesting your food properly. You know, it's fight or flight versus rest and digest. So if you feel stressed a lot of the time, that's going to be affecting your digestion. Yeah. Like I'm writing so much stuff down. I got so much here. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned a lot now is the histamine. And this may be someone's first time hearing that word. And yeah. they may be like, it's in everything. Like, how do I know if this affects me or not? So do they discover if that affects them through a DNA testing? Yes. Yeah, so the DNA testing is a definitely surefire way to tell that. Um, people think of histamine for allergies, which it does drive, you know, I allergy season, pollen, those things. It'll make your own immune cells release histamine in your body. That's what makes you sneeze. That what makes you have a runny nose. It makes you, you know, have the watery eyes. But it's a lot more than that. As I mentioned, it also directly lowers serotonin and dopamine production in the brain. So it's linked to anxiety, brain fog, depression. Um, an antihistamine like a Benadryl puts people to bed. So having too much histamine also keeps you awake and could prevent you from sleeping. Um, I personally was, uh, I thought I was getting poisoned at my lab um, in my PhD. I would feel so horrible every time I got to my lab. I thought there was a chemical leak. Turns out I was severely, I got an allergy test, a skin prick test. I recommend everyone listening, get a skin prick allergy test for as many foods as you can from a local specialist, usually covered by insurance. I was severely allergic to peas and almonds. I ate them every day for lunch at lab. I was severely allergic, or I still am severely allergic to mice. I worked with them every day for six years, nearly every day for six years. So I'd go to the gym in the morning. I'd feel amazing. I would go into lab. I would check on my mice, inhale the allergens. I'd go upstairs, eat my food. So I would just be spiking my brain with histamine. It felt horrible. And by the time I left several hours later, it would be starting to get broken down because I have mutations. I break it down slower. Um, and the crazy part is I went to like four or five different allergists. None of them would test me for allergies. They told me you're not sneezing. You don't have hives. You don't have anaphylaxis, all those normal allergy symptoms. They were gaslighting me. They thought again, they were trained this way. So there's no way that this is from allergies. Finally, over and over and over again, I found a allergist that would do this. That was more holistically minded. What do you know? Severely allergic to those and mildly allergic to a lot of different foods as well. I'm mildly allergic to dogs and cats. I had a dog growing up. No wonder why I had brain fog in school a lot of the time because I'm with my dog the other part of the day when I'm home. And it just made me realize, holy crap, these doctors really have no idea what they're talking about with regards to 
optimizing health. These conventional doctors, we need them to keep people that are about to die alive another day. People have come to me with very severe issues. You know, you know, I'm peeing blood. What do I do this or that? I'm like, I'm not your guy for that. Go to the actual doctor. You know what I mean? Like those types of acute type health ailments, car accidents. I'm not, my supplements won't help you for that. So we do need these doctors. But if you're interested in really feeling the best you could feel, it's a failed system. They are not going to be able to help you. They're going to push medications because that's what they're trained to do. I always tell people, don't blame these doctors, blame the system that trained them. A lot of these doctors are trying to do the right thing. They were fed all this information about what disease is and how to help it. I firmly believe that's simply not true. And that's why a lot of people are leaving the conventional space to kind of go on the holistic side. I would never be able to do what I do if I didn't get that PhD from conventional medicine. So I never regret that. You know, I'm so grateful for that. I'm just glad I got out pretty much right away after the PhD. I worked for that company for a year or so and then started my company. Um, but the principles are very concrete, like how cells work. We've studied all these things. It's just the context you use them and how you view these things. Your body is so miraculously smart. It responds appropriately all the time. Autoimmune diseases are not your body just attacking, like what causes the autoimmunity? You ask a regular doctor, oh, I don't know. It's just attacking itself. The body's yeah. way too smart to attack itself for no reason. There is something in there and or there are mutations that increase the inflammation in your body. So it's attacking something in there, you know, whether it's mold, heavy metals, or the combination of mutations as well, or certain foods you're eating. It doesn't just attack itself out of nowhere. Our body is millions and billions of years of evolution over time to get where we're at today. It's not going to start attacking itself for no reason. But that's what I'm sure you were told with your Crohn's disease. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, it's so important that you brought up that point of how you were allergic to the mice and the almonds because people are thinking that they're just going through their regular days and, you know, they start feeling crappy at this amount of time. And then they just assume it's this other thing when or they think it's normal, you know, people, yeah, a lot of people, then, they think, Oh, take an ibuprofen. I used to take a lot of ibuprofen to get rid of my brain fog. And eventually I was like, huh, I didn't have a PhD yet. I was like, well, you don't need a PhD to figure out if my mood and energy gets better when I take ibuprofen and anti-inflammatory. That means I'm inflamed. You know, the harder part is figuring out what's making you inflamed. But for me, a lot of it was the histamine, the gluten I was eating. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't keeled over in pain, super sick, but I was not remotely as clear headed, confident, productive as I am now. And that's why I like optimizing health. I want every second I'm alive to be the best it possibly can be. Of course, we all have bad days. We all have shitty weeks, shitty months. You know, that's just part of being a human. But all these controllables that people accept as normal, like, oh, the aches and pains once you hit your 30s. Like, I just turned 30. I feel the best I felt in my life by a long shot. Each year, I keep feeling better as I'm aging. So that's a load of shit that they're trying to feed you. So you could go on the steroid cream they want to give you or the steroid injections they want to give you in your knees so you can walk better. Yeah. And that's the point I want to make is like, no, that's not how normal is supposed to feel. There's yeah. a different thing and that's optimizing your health and figuring that awareness to what is the problem. And then you can correct it and feel how you're supposed to feel and thrive even. So like 
that's the thing. Like if you're listening right now and you just feel this on a weekly, daily basis, know that there is something that can change. And it's just getting that awareness, finding out what that change is. And you said that's the hard part, but once you do, you can make those corrections and feel a lot better. So, well, it's hard. It's, 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 it's easy working with me because the data is <laughs> yeah. all there for you. And I can tell people too, you know, I'm a big fan of the tar- right targeted supplements for you. But when I start working with people, what heals you won't be what keeps you healthy. So when I start working with people that are really not doing great, yeah, there may be more supplements involved, but then over time they may realize after a few months, I feel a lot better. I ran out of this bottle. I'm like, okay, go without it. See, see how you feel. You know what I mean? Because over time, as you get better, you may not need as much liver support. You may not need as much of this thing or that thing. I personally believe in our toxic world, we're, we're inhaling pesticides every second. Like it's, it's just everywhere. The air pollution, all these things, the food, the organic meat that's wrapped in plastic, you know, those plastics, like it is an uphill battle. I personally believe every human being needs to be supplementing in order to be as healthy as they can be now doesn't need to be this huge deep dive of everything not necessarily but our genes have not changed much in 200,000 years our environment has yeah. so all these autoimmune diseases that are going up that are skyrocketing autism all these different things depression anxiety it really is the environment we're in but there's not that much we can do what are you going to do move out of the country uproot your whole family like no people aren't going to be doing that so the genetics, you could figure out whatever the biggest weak point is, whether it's heavy metals or this food, or you're lacking, you can't make vitamin D. I can't make enough vitamin D from sunlight. My cells are hardwired to never make enough vitamin D from sunlight alone in my skin. People have no idea that 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 even exists. I went to my doctor, my levels wouldn't go up middle of the summer. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, the range was 30 to 100. I was at a 34 and she's like, no, you're fine. I'm like, it's the middle of the summer. I'm at the beach all the time. I'm outside all the time. Why am I barely in the normal range told not to worry about it? Well, my cells are hardwired to not make enough vitamin D from sunlight. I think most people should be at least above a 60, which is very hard to get without supplementation because we evolved to be outside a lot more than we actually are on top of these different uh, genetic mutations. Now I'm curious too. So, um, what was your experience like going through the conventional medicine route for the Crohn's and like, what was, what were the major things that moved the needle the most for you? Terms of like the pharmaceutical route or like what I did to help me. I, I guess either, or you could touch on both curious. Yeah. So honestly, they didn't really help me at all. They put me on the steroids first and then that went to the oral medications beyond that. And then once that didn't work, they did IV infusions and that was, um, Remicade, it was called. And that actually made me feel a lot worse. And so that will do that to some people. And actually, one of my good friends, mom, it almost paralyzed her getting on that medication. So it was a scary thing to even try that after hearing that story. And then after that that was beforehand, I bet you were like anxious, even like going there for you rather hear about that after the full yeah, after the facts, you're not going in there all worried. <laughs> yeah, well, she didn't want me to do it because she was so fearful of what it did to her. So it's like, I understand that. Um, but then after that, that was my last pharmaceutical route is the oral, the IV, and then surgery. So that's when I had the first of two surgeries that removed my entire colon. And really, that that was a whole complication process. After surgeries, I had complications. And so 
I had to really do this holistically. And that's why I really value what you're doing today is like finding those solutions. And for me, it was lifestyle, diet, and stress management. If I can control my diet and my stress, what were the what were the main dietary factors that were triggering you? So at first I was just so sensitive to everything. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't even do like meats. I couldn't do any dairy. I still am very limited on dairy, but like even skins, fruits, like I just couldn't tolerate anything. And I was on a mm-hmm. liquid diet for about three and a half months after my second surgery because it was so sensitive. And honestly, I think it was this just constant trial and error over like a year and a half, two years of really adapting to my body and then figuring out those foods. So some, it was more so of the things I couldn't eat rather the things I could. And it was very limited to just like eggs, um, some fruits like apples, some peanut butter, uh, avocado, blueberries. It was like, I kept it very plain, some bone broth. Like, well, I mean, those are pretty good overall. I love avocado, love blueberries. So it's, it's limited, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not great. like it's not, it's not like eating cardboard, you know. So it yeah. was at least some good stuff in there. Yeah, but like I would say, like for a while, that was about it. Like that's how limited mm-hmm. it was at the time. And now I can eat stuff like steak, ground beef, um, you know, salmon, like stuff like that was just too much for me to even digest. And even today, like I cannot have any type of leafy greens, even mm-hmm. though like I want to try them and put them in smoothies and mix yeah. them up. I just can't tolerate that. And it makes me get all crampy inside. So um, it, it's this battle, but now I know like what works for me after exactly. like eight years of going through this trial and error. So, um, you know, it, it's just a process and something more that I want to do because you mentioned how the vitamin D levels, most of my levels are on that lower side. So if it's like yeah. 30 to 60, I'm at that like 35 mark, like you yeah. said, and you know, they're telling me that's fine, but it triggers low on me or even sometimes I'm below the mark just by like five. And I think that's a problem, but they say it's not. And so it's like, well, what can I do? They say it's fine. Yeah. And the crazy part too, if you were to Google Crohn's disease, vitamin D, you'd see a whole bunch of human studies showing that it correlates with that. And it's like, how, how are they missing? Like, it's not like that you have to dive that deep. You know what I mean? Like any autoimmune condition, the lower your vitamin D, the higher the risk for pretty much any autoimmune condition, any virus, which is very well established. And, you know, you mentioned the leafy greens. Now I wonder too, I mentioned before some of those plant chemicals like oxalates or something that a lot of the carnivore people talk about. They talk as if no one should have them ever. They can cause leaky gut and gut irritation, which they can do, but they're on the extremist. The, they're trying to sell their beef liver pills and stuff, you know, and get all people off plants. I'd be very curious if you had genetic mutations that make you prone to um, not breaking them down as well. Cause I have worked with people that have those, they're linked to kidney stones um, and they'll have like kidney stones in their family. And I tell them no more spinach, no more kale. A lot of these things that we think are very healthy. Um, So I'd be very curious. A lot of leafy greens do have that. So I'm curious, you know, I wish we had a time machine, you know, at the beginning of the Crohn's disease to see if we saw those mutations. Um, you know, I wonder if removing those, I have had people with severe gut issues that were down the conventional medicine route. We see like a check engine light, boom, it's those oxalates that's remove those. And again, 
commending you for figuring that out over time. But what I'm telling people listening is you don't need those full eight years to kind of go and figure that out, you know, but I'm so glad you did figure that out. Um, and now, um, yeah, we all, you need to learn your body over time. It can't just be listening to a doctor telling you this stuff. This is why I try to educate my clients. It's not just hear these pills, take them. What are they doing? How does it serve you? How should this feel? If you're taking too much, what might it feel like? Um, because different things you got to reach for at different times. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting. And yeah, it just, I'm so deep in my uh, practice that I hear horror stories about people, conventional medicine doctors. And I'm like, wow, like I'm just really definitely on the right path here. Cause it is mind blowing how people are just told, no, that's not possible. And like, it's it, it just, they're so absolute about it as if they know everything when they got medical school, medical school training five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, they're not keeping up with the new science. And they say it's so matter of fact, I could go on forever. So frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, like real quick, do those uh, genetic mutations, can those change over time? Because I used to love eating a Caesar salad before mm-hmm. I got sick. Like that was one of my staples. Now I can't have that, but like, I don't think now that like it's so long ago now, I don't think it ever bothered me, but now it clearly does. Yeah. So great question. So these mutations are formed from the second sperm meets egg. So before you're born until the day you die, these are all locked in and hardwired. Um, However, you know, in that case, um, there's something called epigenetics. And now what this is, the genetic code can hardwire, let's just say the protein that breaks down oxalates, let's just say it works a quarter as fast as it should. So four times higher oxalates in the body, which can be problematic. It's hardwired to work that way. Epigenetics means you could turn genes on and off. So imagine if that protein that works a quarter as well, imagine if you made four times as much. So you see what I'm getting at here? That could kind of counteract it or epigenetics can kind of make things worse. So that's another field of research. And a lot of people are focusing on that because it can change with your lifestyle. And that's why, you know, being less stressed, getting sunlight, like sunlight, it makes you make more of the proteins that make serotonin and dopamine. That's why you feel better. That's why it helps. That's why seasonal depression exists. You're having lower levels um, of vitamin D from less sunlight in the colder climates. Now, the genetic aspect. So if that protein that makes serotonin, that makes you feel good, if that has one mutation, so it works 90% as well as it should, 90% as much serotonin, you know, you get some sunlight, you know, you get some movement in, you could definitely be a very happy person without any medications or supplementation. If you live a crappy lifestyle, avoid the sun, then you can make less of that. So you get what I'm saying. If you make less of it, even if it works 90% as well, that's less overall serotonin. If someone has five mutations in that gene, which I have seen, it works 10% as well as it should. These are the people, I don't care what you do. You're going to be depressed throughout your entire life, probably on medications throughout your life. Um, And these are the people, I love holistic lifestyle training, but the breath work, you know, the meditation, those won't cut it for certain individuals. Do you have one mutation or do you have five? So even if you boost that up a lot epigenetically, it's still 10% is good. 
So you're going to have to make 10 times more of these in order to compensate. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does for sure. And I love how you can break this down in simple terms for someone like us to understand. So yeah, of course. That, I mean, great. hey, if you can't break it down like this, that does that means you don't truly understand it. And, you know, especially when you have regular doctors, even a lot of people in the holistic space, you know, try to bash what I'm doing, the genetics, because they're not, they can't comprehend it. This field, you can't just get a health certification and understand this. You know, this took me 10 years of learning to understand that. Um, and, you know, I, I break it down like that because I, the you guys listening are going to have to be the ones that initiate and decide if you want to work with someone like me, because some holistic practitioners may recommend it, but like, I literally have clients bring the report I gave them to their doctor. And these doctors literally say, oh no, genetics. No, that doesn't matter which to me is mind blowing when I have thousands of studies to show genetics matter. It's one, th- you know why? Cause they can't say, I don't know. They, they have this big ego attached to them. I have no problem telling people. I'm not sure if I'm not very well versed in something, I'm not going to give a recommendation. People may ask, Oh, this, this little thyroid marker, a, another practitioner told me it's a little off. I'm like, I'm not a thyroid expert. Do I help optimize people's cells to fix them from Hashimoto's disease and thyroid issues? Yes, but I'm not a specific thyroid expert, so I'm not going to comment on that. I have no problem saying I don't know because I know I'm knowledgeable in certain things. It doesn't make me less of a person or less of a doctor by admitting that. Yeah, and that's where the humility and the the dropping the ego really comes in yeah. handy. And you know, it's it's not about you. It's not about you as the doctor. It's about you nope. helping people, and like that's what doctors are supposed to do at the end of the day. So it's like counterintuitive, like to drop that. (laughs) I mean, they should be, I'm not interested in being right. I'm interested in the truth. That's all it is. A lot of doctors are focused on a lot of people in general focused on being right. And that's where the ego comes into play with that. Um, You know, I've changed my stance on certain things. Um, As I learn more, you know, um, I'll never be that guy saying genetics are a hundred percent of the problem. You know, if any doctor tells you they have the secret to fix everything, run the other way. I'm telling you guys, I have a secret about genetics that no one on earth is looking at from this angle and approaching this hyper-personalization, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you this fixes a hundred percent of people, a hundred percent of the time, completely. Some people I work with, whether it's mood issues or brain, some people within two or three days of the protocol, they're like, in their words, not mine, Tyler, like this, is, you cured me. This is the best I've ever felt in my life. Medications are not other people. You know, they may have autoimmune issues that takes a, that, that, that takes a little longer to resolve. Um, and maybe two, three months go by. Maybe they're 20, 30% better. You know, like they're very grateful for that 20, 30%. I used to beat myself up a lot because I'm like, oh, I didn't completely fix everything about this person. But like, that's not how doctors work. You know, you're supposed to have your niche and help them with that specific aspect of this. Um, So, you know, how quick people improve can vary. But I've seen over 350 plus clients at this point. I could count on one hand how many of them told me they don't feel any better, even though their blood work 
is improving. They are getting better. And that's where I think too, I'm deeply spiritual. You know, mindset is everything. Um, you could think yourself into being sick and you could also think yourself into being healthier. Placebo has been shown to help with Alzheimer's and cancer. So I think some of these individuals have, you know, a very hard ingrained victim mindset, you know, like they're almost identify with staying sick. Now, can we just think our way out of diseases? Yeah, maybe, I guess, you know, that, that's, you know, that might be a loaded, you know, phrase there, but you can definitely, if you have skin issues and mood issues and you come to work with me and the skin is getting better, but it's still, you have a lot of face stuff going on. You look in the mirror, you could either say, all right, it's getting 10% better in the past month. This is good. I have hope it's working. Or you could say, oh my God, I still look so ugly. This is horrible. I'm not getting better. And you can train your mind into doing that. That stress can cause more distress in your body. So uh, yeah, overall, what I'm saying is, you know, every human being, every single one of you listening has millions of mutations. Every I've never worked with someone that doesn't have a whole list of mutations we can work on to improve. That's why I firmly believe every human on the face of the earth could improve their life to some capacity by going through my workflow, but it all depends on the individual. You know, do you want to be that high level CEO? I work with CEOs that, you know, want to dial in every little moment. They want to be dialed in 12 hours a day and sleep good and not use Adderall and stuff. Or do you just want to get rid of your joint pain so you could play with your grandkids or your children? You know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Some people want to really maximize biohack it. Some people just want to get rid of their nagging aches and pains. But all of these are cellular issues, optimizing the cell biology. That's the one thing I'm in the business of doing. There's mm -hmm. all these ailments I could help with. But in reality, all I'm doing is one, well, I guess two things, figuring out what nutrients your unique cells need more of give them those, figure out what nutrients, chemicals, toxins they're sensitive to and limit those. So those are the two main things I do. Once you give the cells what they need and remove what's fucking them up, that's when the cells can do what they're supposed to do, which is make healthy organs, which make happy, healthy people. Wow, man, I got like 20 more questions. I could talk to you for like 20 more hours, but we got to wrap it up for the sake of time today. Um, I got one final question for you though. Sure. Since you're huge on the supplements, I know you mentioned vitamin D is something that we could all definitely use more of. Are there like your top three supplements that you think, you know, everyone should consider taking to optimize their health? Like, obviously, everyone's different, but like, is there three main ones that you would recommend? Yeah, I mean, I do think I do think vitamin D is good one starting out. Um, if you're going to be taking vitamin D, you definitely want to take it with magnesium. Magnesium is one definitely, I think, so many people are deficient in it. The more stressed you are, the more you pee out your magnesium. A lot of people also have mutations. They don't absorb magnesium as well. So imagine if you're just eating foods, you don't absorb the magnesium as well, and you're peeing out extra magnesium. You're going to be in a deficient state. So magnesium, I really, really like. I like magnesium glycinate. Magnesium L3 and 8 is my favorite one, especially if you have mood, stress, sleep, brain fog issues. Gets the brain very, very well. Um, vitamin D is a good one as well. Um, and I think a good B complex that makes sense based on your biology. Certain B complex can make certain people more or less anxious. Um, and then I guess that's three. One more I really like too. I'm a really big fan of CBD. 
CBD can be really beneficial on a lot of different aspects of health. A lot of people, that five milligram gummy isn't really doing anything. You need at least 50 to 70 milligrams to really feel noticeable effects there. Um, whether it's just sleep, it helps with histamine, it helps with inflammation. Um, but you want to make sure you're getting it from a uh, reliable source. And regarding the vitamin D, um, if it's in the summer, you can get your levels checked. Like I said, guys, I like to see the levels at least a 60, 60 to 80 range. If it's the United States units, some people with mutations, I go even higher, but that's a really good starting point. If you're not happy with where your health's at, you get your vitamin D levels checked. Forget about what your doctor says. Supplement, try to get it up to, I'd say at least 60. Um, ride that out for a few months and see how you feel. Um, who knows? Some people, they go up to 80. They don't feel that great. Maybe 55 is where they should be at. Always listen to your body. But those are four that I think are really safe recommendations across the board to at least try out. You know, I'm not saying everyone needs to take these always and forever, but those are ones that I do think some of the few supplements I do recommend generally to people. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to find those general ones that like yeah. someone listening right now can take that action and, you know, not do something detrimental to, to their health, but only support them in that way. Yeah. So love anyway, that. If, if, if you do, if you do feel a little weird, then maybe yeah. it's too much. Maybe that's not for you, but those are ones that I, if anything, I see people with super low vitamin D, they were scared out of taking it from their holistic doctor and they really, really need it. I really haven't seen anyone with the vitamin D is too high. 99% of the time, it's too low. We need to bring that up. Gotcha. Awesome. So glad that we're wrapping up with those tangible tools. And before we go, like, let us know how we can support you. Um, let us know where you, we can get in touch with you, like on social media and anything else that you have going on or that you're looking forward to so we can get involved. Yeah. So um, at Dr. Tyler Pansner on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, um, I'm on Facebook as well. Dr. Tyler Pansner, LinkedIn. Um, I, like I said, I do primarily one-on-ones with clients. So we build this personal protocol for you. Um, I wanted to give everyone listening a little discount code, like a hundred dollars off for a one-on-one -on -one deep dive analysis. What do you want the code to be? Uh, let's do Nova. 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 Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so you guys listening, um, I think for maybe the two or three weeks after this launches, anyone listening, go to my website, www.drtylerpansner.com. And you guys can get a hundred dollars off for a deep dive analysis. Um, I've also been putting together a holistic genetic health mastery course. So all these information starting from what is a cell learning deeper dive about the genetics, all these patterns I see, what you should look out for, tips and tricks, um, basically everything that I've learned throughout the past 10 years, I try to break down into a 12-week course. So there'll be lectures given by me with Q&A, open-ended discussion. I'm trying to build a community. Everyone come, pick my brain, any questions you may have. Um, I have an email newsletter that's on my website as well. You can get updates when that goes live. Let me tell you guys, you will not find this information anywhere else on the face of the earth. These detailed concepts that I'm trying to break down as easy as possible to help educate you all, whether you're just a biohacker, a self-healer, or if you're a healthcare practitioner that wants to understand more about genetics and healing from the cellular level upwards, that'll be for you guys. Awesome. I will put the link to uh, that DNA testing below, also your website, so we can get in touch. and. 
thank you so much for offering that to us as well. So Tyler, thank you again for taking time to give us a deep dive into health today. Your work is and will continue to change lives and the world as a result. Your light shines hope and inspiration to the world and everywhere is a brighter and better place because of you and your efforts. Thank you for dedicating your life to this incredibly important topic that we all experience with health. I'm excited to get more involved in this space myself, and I look forward to seeing some big breakthroughs that you make. Really appreciate your kind words and hope all you guys got some valuable tidbits in this session. So thanks again. It was actually one of the harder ones for me to prep because I have so much to ask you. So. Yeah, well, we can always do another one too. Yeah, yeah, that'd be perfect. I'd love to go more on the spiritual side next time. So definitely. Are you ready to take charge of your health and transform your life? Well, get ready because we have the solution for you. Introducing the Nova Fusion 21 Day Wellness and Resilience Challenge, the ultimate program designed to stack massive momentum, achieve peak performance, and spark your transformation. In just 21 days, you can experience a total wellness revolution. Our challenge is jam-packed with daily inspiration, education, downloadable resources, and exciting challenges to keep you fired up and on track. But that's not all. When you join the challenge, you'll also become a member of our exclusive Nova Fusion family. Together, we'll support and uplift one another as we continue to grow and thrive. Unlock the secrets of the world's best wellness and resilience practices to stay mentally and physically fit for a lifetime. From renewing healing practices to transformative high-performance techniques, we've got you covered. And here's something that sets us apart. I believe in these practices so much that I'm offering a money-back guarantee. That's right, if you don't see results, you can get your money back so you have absolutely nothing to lose but everything to gain. So what are you waiting for? Take advantage of this limited time opportunity right now. Go to novafusion.co slash challenge to sign up and embark on the journey of a lifetime. Let's spark your transformation together. I can't wait to see you on the other side.